Welcome to the Parent Podcast, where each week we'll discuss topics relevant to parents. Whether you are expecting the arrival of your first child or have kids preparing to graduate from college, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll bring on different guests who will provide their expertise and perspective in an effort to remind you that you are not alone in this journey and encourage you as you raise and lead your family. Welcome, everybody, to the Parent Podcast. I am your host, Robert Nash, and I'm the children's pastor at Autumn Ridge Church in Rochester, Minnesota, and I'm glad you have joined us today. Uh, I am co-hostless. I am without a co-host. Derek Freed, our student pastor, is out today, had a couple of family things he needed to take care of, and he will be back with us next week. Very excited about our topic today. We're going to be talking about families and children with special needs. And to do that, I have two wonderful, amazing women in the room with me. One is a team member of mine. Her name is Marsha Jogish, and she is the Director of Special Needs here at Autumn Ridge Church. And we are also joined with Lori Byrne, who helped start our special needs program here. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having us. So nice to have you both here. I'm just going to let you drive the conversation. Why don't we talk about how there is this this need? There's a void, really, especially when it comes to churches and ministry and a program that's available for families and children with special needs. So, so why don't you kind of talk us through how that's an issue and how we came to have that program here at Autumn Ridge? Well, it all started out with uh, a mom who has a child with special needs. She and a friend dreamt this up, dreamt up this program. Absolutely. They started it in 2014. I think we can say that they're really good friends. They're both nurses. Like you said, one has a special needs child and really could not find a place for them to worship as a family. And so um, they tried all sorts of different things. They brought in a babysitter on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, depending on whenever they went. And they also um, would enlist the help of volunteers to come and shoot baskets in our gym. But they they found quickly that it was getting more difficult to get somebody that was available on a Sunday. And not only were they not able to come as a family, but even the sibling then missed out on having his worship time and his time to be in Sunday school. And so they discovered that we need to do something about this. And so these two friends got together. One had that that heart for special needs kids. And um, together they just put together a ministry plea. And they put together a proposal and said, this is something that we need because we can't have these families not worshiping. We can't have these families missing out on opportunities. Um, it was just kind of a dream. And you were in church the day that they made kind of that ministry proposal, right, Lori? Yes, it was such a cool God thing. God just does such great things. I was, um, before church had started that day, I was praying, and I was praying specifically for a ministry in which my family and I could serve together in. Um, I had been involved in other ministries, and I was really feeling God pulling me to do something with my family and not apart from my family. So um, when they shared this ministry with the congregation, I had tears rolling down my face. Um, Just It was just such a God thing. And I spoke to my son and my husband on the way home from church that day, and they both agreed, and that's where it all started. That's fantastic. You know, and the best part of that story was, is you were trying to figure out in your head, how am I going to spin this and sell it to my husband on the way home and my kids? And it was just like, 
that path had already been cleared for you and you got into the car and they were like, sign us up, right? Yes, yes, they were on board 100%. Yeah. So this happened back in, in 2014. So Correct. the program's been a wh- around for a good while now. And the program here is called Barnabas. Tell us a little bit about why it's called Barnabas because apparently I only found out fairly recently <laughs> why it is named that. Well, I think it kind of goes back to one of our first volunteers is um, when she was growing up, she had the opportunity to work at a camp called Camp Barnabas, and it kind of stuck with her, and we know that Barnabas was a helper in the Bible as well, and so the name just stuck. Barnabas. It's it's yes. a wonderful program here. Uh, so tell us kind of what, what the, the mission, I mean, obviously, uh, we're trying to reach these families that that need something so that they can come and worship. But there's probably also a desire for these these children, these students, to have a way to to interact uh, with with church, with uh, the truth we find in Scripture. So, so tell us, like, what what's the overall mission? What's the drive? What are you hoping to succeed each week in Barnabas? My goal is that each child will feel the love of Christ, and we hear stories of these kids seeing each other um, in their school setting and talking about Barnabas. Uh, We have kids that are excited to come. That's my goal, is to share the love of Christ with these children. And and what we find is we've got such a wealth of volunteers, and we have got such a wide range of volunteers, and they have such a wide range of gifts. It's like you've got the volunteer that likes to shoot hoops, and it's like, oh, yay! We've got the ones that are artistic, and that's fantastic as well. But all of our volunteers have a story as well, and it's it's. Not that they're coming in to be with our kids. It's 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 a give and take sort of a thing where they're getting just as much out of it as they're giving or that they expected to give. And uh, we've got teachers that you know work all week in distant learning, and yet they're still here on weekends if they choose to. And we've got uh, youth, and we've got older adults that had a special needs child. And we've got special needs volunteers that, you know, during the week they're a prayer professional in the classroom in Rochester or something, and they'll come in on the weekend and do this as well. But we've also got on every team that we have our weekend teams, we've even got a medical personnel. So it's like these are quality people that are coming in and really assisting with our program. So that's really cool. So I'll go back up a little bit here because we're saying how this program got started and that there is an overall void in in churches that don't have these programs so what do you and this is purely your own opinion i understand but why do you think it's so difficult for this to exist in churches today why you feel like it should be more normal that, that it would just exist anywhere it seems like an, an easy thing to start up families crave it the uh, the children you interact with love it so why doesn't it exist more widespread in the uh, the community i think some of that is a, a lack of knowledge you know, there's people that just don't know that this is a, a need. Um, another one is fear. It's hard to get volunteers because they're scared that, well, you know, they don't have education uh, to back them up. And I, I always want to tell people that all you got to do is love, love kids, um, hang out with them, be with them. There's no special skill. And Barnabas on Sundays when when we were you know before covid that that life we've all forgotten almost <laughs> but barnabas was always one of my favorite rooms to go into for many of the reasons that you just listed you have such a diversity of help in the room and you do you have teenagers you have uh, you know middle-aged adults you have older adults and they are all so focused on these kids and you walk in there and you can feel the love between volunteer and child and child to volunteer it's it's a beautiful thing and 
really, in, in the best ways possible, as, as much as possible, we're doing a lot of the same curriculum, a lot of the same crafts, activities, modified, of course, that we're doing with the rest of our children's programming. And, and I think that's very special to, to be inclusive in that way. Absolutely. And we've got two branches of Barnabas. We have our, you know, enclosed classroom that is just for these children, but we also have buddies that can partner up and come alongside a student that perhaps is better suited to be in the regular classroom. And so we buddy them up with a person and they just go into the the regular classroom and assist them with anything that they need. But we also, um, down in our Barnabas classroom, we have a one-on-one ratio. And so those people are there. They're committed to that student. They're there week after week after week. We have four weekend teams that are there, so they've got consistent caregivers all the time. And there really is a joy. We get to really know these kids because we're seeing them week after week after week. And uh, it really does become a highlight of a lot of people's week. Personally, as a children's pastor, I think consistency is important for every grade level. I, I would love to, I'll share a little bit of my heart here. I would love to one day see our teachers move up with the kids through the grades levels and even go into student ministries. And I know if the rest of our team were here right now, they, they may they may start, you know, trying to throw stuff at me <laughs> for suggesting, hey, no, let's hand off our volunteers. But just to give these children somebody that they know, somebody that, that they can form a relationship with, they see them, they love them, they trust them. And that's that's special no matter who you are. Absolutely. And it also goes when we have our trainings each year, we typically have two trainings per year. And the first one is just kind of a get acquainted sort of a thing. But when we do our mid-year one, we actually sit down and it's like doing an IEP and we talk about what is working with these kids, what doesn't work with these kids. And that leads to a lot of confidence with our parents because then they know that they can leave their kids in a place where they're going to be taken care of, they're secure, we know what's going on. We know, you know, if, if somebody has a seizure, we know how to handle it. And we don't have to pick up that phone and call them out of church. They know that when they drop them off, they're going to be good to go for that hour. I don't think a lot of people understand how important that is for parents to have that sense of trust, that sense of security, because anything, right? We're, we're, we're all adults. You go and you're trying to to learn. You're going, you know, in church, you're trying to worship. Wherever you are, even a date night, If if your mind keeps wandering— is my child okay? You know, are the people I left them with capable and 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 able to help them if need? If you have that worry in your mind, you're you're not focused. You're 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 there getting to worship or whatever, but your mind's out at the moment, and and that's that's not helpful. Yeah. So yeah, giving that peace of mind to parents, especially in church, where they can now give a hundred percent of their focus to what's going on before them, and they can be refreshed, renewed, built back up, and pick up their kid. That that's very yeah. important. And I think Laura, you shared with me about one of our. Or mom and dad, can you share that comment? That was so sweet. So one of the moms came and said, Lori, you don't understand. We hold hands during the service. It's our date. And <laughs> it's, it's it's a time for them, for her to be with her husband and worship together and just be together and not worry about their child. So I just love that we have that opportunity to, to give that to parents. So going along with this too, Lori, is we offer um, some respite opportunities for the, you know, the families as the year goes on. We try to do one um, about every three months, um, but we try to do something where 
The parents can take two hours in the evening and they can drop off their special needs kiddo and then they can go and do something with the siblings. Maybe it's having a pizza or going to a movie or something like that. But once again, they know that they are in an environment that the kids are familiar with and they feel very comfortable even at that point leaving campus. But we also do one where um, we take care of both the siblings and the special needs kiddo so mom and dad can get out. And then um, a volunteer of ours also came up with the idea of these are also families that can be very isolated. And so um, it's nice if we could maybe for one of these have uh, an opportunity for parents to actually network. And so we did that as well. We took care of the special needs kiddos. We had the siblings here. And then mom and dad went upstairs to you know, kind of network with other families and just kind of bond and to discuss struggles or, you know, share some some real triumphs. So that was really cool to see too. So it's giving the parents too an opportunity to form these relationships, Absolutely. which, you know, our, our last two episodes of the podcast, that's what everything seems to come back to, the importance of relationships. Yes. Um, I'm going to back up again because you threw out a while ago, IEP. Now, us oh. in this room, we're, we're, we're all, you know, uh, special needs, special programs people. We un- understand automatically what IEP is. But why don't you tell our listeners, just in case they're unfamiliar with an IEP? Sure. An IEP is an individual education program. And we work even with parents. If they are willing to share that document with us, we try to follow and reinforce some of the same things that they have in this program because it's tried and true. We know that it's going to work with this child and parents feel better about that, too. They don't want to just have their child come to Barnabas and be babysat. And I'm throwing air quotes here. Um, they want them to hear the Word of God, and they want it in a, a method or a, in a you know using a technique that they're used to absorbing educational material. And so we try to um, do that as much as possible with our kiddos. We want them to learn. We want to reinforce how how they learn best. Not just not just a place to drop off your kid and them to be babysat, right? Yep, right. Which, which can be a, a stigma with children's programming, children's ministry in general. But across the board, for every kid we have from nursery up through fifth, our, our Barnabas program, we are desiring to to teach as much as we can to model what we can in the love of Christ. So I think that's incredible. Um, now, there's been times, though, even children that aren't directly involved in Barnabas, right? If we have a student that might just need some extra care and attention, Marsha, you're the one that I've gone to and and you have just awesome advice. So so you're not only kind of helping out in your own program, you're you're seeking these kids out and you're able to to find ways that we can interact with them a little bit better, um, respond to them a little bit better, identify maybe some some red flags or uh, not red flags, but you know potential landmines that mm-hmm. uh, if you do this, they're going to react that way. So maybe you should not do that thing. And so you know it's more than just the Barnabas program, mm-hmm. right? We're mm-hmm. we're seeking to help all the children here in the healthiest, most loving way possible, so that they can get the most out of their experience when they're with us. Absolutely. We consult and we we look at, you know, what is gonna what is gonna work and speak to this child the best. We've had buddies go into some of our summer camps. We've had them go to art camp and help them to, you know, put the paper mache together. Um, we have had them, you know, sit in a, on a Wednesday class with Kids Club. We've had them all over. Um, even if they wanted to go into church, we've sent, you know, a buddy in with them or something like that. We've had budgies on stage for the Christmas program. They're kind of hiding behind the the pretty dresses and things like that. But we've even put them on stage in kind of dark clothes and kind of tucked them in. That's wonderful. So your Barnabas room, right? Easily one of the most sought after rooms in the church because 
adults find it cool. It might be the giant swing we have in there, right? That that could be a big part of it. But but tell us a little bit about the, the space, because I think the space is very important to what you do. Sure. I mean, we've been very fortunate to land where we did. At first, I was kind of like, oh, no, we're off in the swing all by ourselves. But we've got a great handicapped accessible entrance. We've got reserved parking spots for these families so they don't have to worry about pushing you know, a great big wheelchair halfway across the the parking lot. We've got um, access to the gym. We've got access to handicap-style bathrooms. Um, On a typical weekend, we've got seven kiddos, and everyone has got a caregiver, and then they've got equipment. And so um, we've we've had a room, and and, and we've had to expand into the next room, which is a great problem to have. Um, We've had kids that have started to—this is typically a program for kids that are 5 to about 18— but um, because the program's been in existence since 2014, now some of those kiddos are starting to age out. And so um, it's been really handy to have a classroom right next door that we can expand into. We don't want to dismiss our kids. We don't want them to age out. And so when COVID is done, uh, we've got some some kiddos that are a little bit older. And we hope that um, we can maybe you know tweak the program a little bit so that we can have some maybe multi-age activities going on at the same time. And so a lot of the the items you have in your room too are geared to uh, you know tactile learning, all that type of stuff. Absolutely. So so um, it's a neat room to go into. Like I said, just on a Sunday when you're meeting, it's fun to go in there and see all the interaction. But it is quite possible that some of us just go hang out in there and <laughs> try out all the neat uh, nifty gadgets in there. Hang out uh, in the chairs. That's right. Yes. And so you're always looking at how to improve your program. Um, I know one thing that you're hoping to do is is t- with some outdoor equipment. Can you tell me a little bit more about that that we're hoping to get up later? Absolutely. You know, our program started bare bones, and um, I inherited a wonderful program. These ladies did such a great job getting it started and kicking it off the ground. And, you know, we got by with a lot of hand-me-down toys and a lot of toys that got thrown out of the nursery or the toddler rooms that they didn't need anymore. But we're really starting to be mindful of what we put into the classrooms. And we want to make sure that they are appropriate for our kiddos and that they are learning. But um, we also recognize that we've got a great playground outside, but our kiddos can't access that. And so we're hoping this year that we can be a little bit more intentional about making some handicapped accessibility to that one or adding some more equipment. A little bit more uh, inclusiveness Absolutely. for these families. And I mean, how great would that be when the weather turns nice? Oh, um, yes. Okay, just a side note here. What is up with Minnesota? Because <laughs> like negative 35 for two weeks, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, 40 degrees, but not today. It's negative eight, you know, whatever. Uh, this Texan can't handle the changes sometimes, okay? But, um, you know, you're talking about just being inclusive and being intentional. Uh, and I think how amazing it would be when the weather warms up to, you know, be driving through the parking lot, showing up to the office and seeing some of these families out there getting to enjoy playground equipment, just the way that, that, you know, other kids are getting to do that. So I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, so the big question, right? COVID. The question that, that we get a lot is, uh, what have you been doing during this last year, you know, sitting around doing nothing? But uh, you've been quite busy. You, you've, you've kept Barnabas 
rocking and rolling. You have done quite a bit. So talk to us a little bit about this ministry during the COVID season. Oh boy, yeah. Everything turned on a dime about a year ago, right? We have done a complete pivot um, because March 11th last year, we kind of stopped. And by March 13th, we were not coming back. And by March 15th, we went online, which was great. Um, so we changed our curriculum so that it would be more easily accessible for our families. They could access, access it at home. Um, we did some things like um, mailing materials that we had prepared. We had drive-through pickups for some of these things. We created a Facebook group so that we could be vulnerable and just really kind of be available to each other when we couldn't be each with each other face-to-face. -face. We um, have made sure that we are doing weekly emails in December because none of our budget was being spent in our classroom, we did a December dinner and dessert. Which I love that idea. T t tell a little bit more about that one right there. Okay. So um, I actually had gone to a workshop and they said, none of us are using our budgets. What are we going to do with this budget? We don't want to lose it. And so somebody said, you know, um, how about as we move into December, the biggest, busiest month of the year, how about if we bless our families with that budget and we buy them dinner, whether it's a gift card or whatever, and we just take care of them and we stop by and we say hi and we wave to them on the doorsteps or through the, the glass window or whatever, but let's bless them. Let's use those budgets and let's recognize that this has been a difficult year for our families and um, just do a quick little touch base. That's great. So, you know, you've, you've stayed busy during COVID. Um, the big question though is when can Barnabas make a comeback? When will it be available to families again? And and it's been a question you and I, Marsha, have discussed quite a bit, especially over the last several uh, months as the children's program has got back up and running. We have two rules, right? Whatever we do, whatever we start during COVID, we want to be able to do it well, number one, and number two, do it safely. If, if it can't do both those things, we're not going to do it yet. But we feel that we're getting close to a point where it's possible that we can get these families back in to the Barnabas program. So so would you mind talking a little bit about that and you know sure. the big announcement of when that might be? Oh, boy. I, I, do I have a drum roll? Um, <laughs> thank that you. That man, that was good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> man of many talents over there. <laughs> um, yes, we're, we're really excited because we have been, you know, watching the numbers and we have been looking at who is getting vaccinated. And um, we know that this population, our special needs families are vulnerable. And so we want to make sure that we are balancing risk, but also making sure that we're mindful of mindsets and, and well-being and, and, and all that. Um, so we are hoping that we are going to be able to bring everybody back in May. We're shooting for like the third week, I believe, in May. I think it's a good thing to shoot for. Um, we've, I've been surveying families to see if they're feeling comfortable. And, you know, we've got a good mix. Some, some are ready to come back. Some are like, oh, thank goodness you're coming back. Um, and others are... We're still going to wait. We're going to watch online, and that's okay for now. Um, but we, you know, I, I think the the overall feeling is that people are going to be very excited that we're back. Wonderful. Now, you've given me a set of notes here. Nobody else can see this, obviously. It's kind of like when you did your air quotes a while ago. It's hard to do podcast people sometimes, <laughs> okay? No one can see our, our hand motions and stuff. But one of the notes I have is it's not about the number of children we serve. It is about the one. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. It reminds me very much of, of Jesus leaving the 99 to go after the one. Is that kind of where it's born out of? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, once again, I was at a conference, and, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, somebody will say, how big is your program? You know, because that's the size of success. Um, but really, um, we have 
like 10 core families and um, we've been able to watch their kids grow and learn over the years. And um, yeah, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you're such a small program at autumn. Um, but really the difference that we make in these families um, is huge. And when we can, you know, talk to somebody about their child and what they're going through and, and, and live life with one family, I mean, that's all we need really in the program is just even one. Um, but yeah, we're a small group, but we're such an important group. Hopefully third week of May, we're going to be able to, you know, get things up and running again. So that includes volunteer recruitment probably, right? I know you have a, a core team that's, that's probably ready to come back too, but, but you're talking to somebody and you're telling them, Hey, we'd love for you to be a part of Barnabas. We'd love for you to come help us with these kids. What are you telling them? Why, why should they come and help you? It didn't take much, Lori, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like the hearts are prepared. It's like people come to us. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I've had to really do very little recruiting. It, everybody has a story. And, and they'll say, you know, I heard it in church. Or I've got an uncle that, you know, they've got some. The stories behind the Barnabas Volunteers is a whole nother podcast. And it's just, it's such a blessing. I mean, you know. Sometimes you're tired and you don't want to go to church and you're always happy that you did once you do. That's what Barnabas is. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, it's going to be really busy. And but you go and you just leave so happy, so full, full of joy. I have to imagine that in the same way that probably these parents feel when when they they get to come in, uh, drop off their kid, knowing that they're taken care of and, you know, go hold hands in church. (laughs) Um, But, you know, get to spend time together, not have to worry and all that, that how they feel filled up afterwards. I just have to imagine that that you and your volunteers feel the exact same way. You're you're charged, you're energized from that, you know, one hour that you get to spend with these amazing kids. Yeah. It's funny because even like if if I'm on a weekend team and Lori's not there, we've got one kiddo that She's like, send Lori a picture. Send her a video. And Lori's so good. She's, you know, at home and she'll even tune in knowing that, you know, we might message her or something like that. But uh, it's funny. Even when we're not there, my volunteers are there in spirit. Yes. Well, I think, I think, I think you're all naturals. Like I said, when I go into that room, there's so much energy. There's so much joy. There's so much love. And you never wonder when you walk in. You 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 feel it right away. It, it just smacks you between the eyes as soon as you walk through the door. So I think it's a wonderful program. Can't wait to get it back here, uh, hopefully in a couple more months, and uh, to see all these families uh, get to come in and, and spend time together again. So kind of to wrap up here, Barnabas hopefully starting up in a couple more months. What do you need? How can people get involved with Barnabas, whether that's volunteering on Sundays or, or through other means, how can people help the Barnabas program right now? If, if God puts it in your heart to be a part of this, don't shut that down. <laughs> come come down and visit us. Um, spend the day, a Sunday morning with us. You can spend it in the corner. You can spend it in the fun chair. It's up to you. Um, but the swing on. chair, right? The, the swing we chair. We got two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I mean, seriously, it is just really fun to, to watch it. Um, but you won't be watching for long. You'll be sucked in. Somebody will come on over and they'll grab your hand. Um, oh, yeah. Every time. Uh, every yeah. time one of those kids is going to pull you in real fast. Absolutely. They love it. They Absolutely. love people coming in. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, just listen to your heart. But also, um, you know, we'll be around. Talk to us. Um, ask us if you have any questions. Um, if you know of somebody that's got a heart, send them our direction because that's great too. We hear about that often. And, and that's really kind of a, a neat little intervention there as well. 
I'd have to guess that you're not going to turn away some volunteers. If, if people come with you with a desire to help, you're going to be like, yeah, come on in, right? Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, you know, um, tell us then, uh, Marsha, how can people reach you? Do you, you have an e- uh, Do you have an email? I email <laughs> you practically every day. Tell people your emails just in case they want to get in touch with you or get more information about the program. Sure. You can email, my, email me at Autumn Ridge. It's Jogish. So J A G U S C H dot Marsha, M A R S H A. At autumnridgechurch.org. You know, I just learned how to say Marsha's name what, last <sighs> week. I wasn't the only one, though, in all fairness. It's like you don't like to jog, jog ish. Yeah, that's all I needed mm-hmm. to hear. It's like, it's, it's like, are you going to go work out? Yeah, I might go for a jog ish. So, yes, I was very happy to, to not have to, to sneak around that issue anymore. Well, closing thoughts here. You know, any, any, anything else you want to say about Barnabas? Any, any, you know, a story even that you want to share that's per, perhaps special to you that happened during the program or, or anything at all? I have one story. Uh, one of my, I can't say favorites because I have so many favorites, but one of my favorites. Uh, boy, he um, hasn't been in the program for a couple of years. And just two months ago, I, I was ushering and I was able to see him with his mother. Um, and they came for church and they were worshiping together. And it was just such a blessing to see them in here and him being able to sit through a church service. That's awesome. Very good. What about you, Marsh? Any any story to close with? You know, I, I reached out to our Facebook group and I said, what do you want people to know? I'm doing this podcast today. And the things that I kept hearing were, you know, the isolation is real for these families. Labels can hurt. Differences in abilities are judged. Um, see the person, not the diagnosis know that the whole family is affected when you have a special needs child and just be normal, you know, just love on them. The body of Christ is made up of so many different, um, different abilities and different types of people. So, you know, it's just another, another piece of the the body here. Wonderful. Well, well, Marsha and Lori, I appreciate you coming on to the Parent Podcast and sharing a little bit about your heart and this program and, and how we can help these uh, children with special needs. And if anybody, again, wants to be involved with the Barnabas program at Autumn Ridge Church, you just shoot an email to me. You can send it to the Parent Podcast email, which you'll hear just in a minute at the end of the episode, or to Marsha. And uh, ladies, thank you so much. A lot of given, good information you've given us today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This has been the Parent Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed, and I hope you will tune in next week. We're going to talk about promoting good mental health, and the focus of the conversation is going to be how to to talk to children about death, whether that's the death of a loved one, someone in the family, or even a pet. How can we go about those conversations and help children understand what's really happening? So I hope you'll tune in next Wednesday. Until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to The Parent Podcast. The Parent Podcast is produced by Autumn Ridge Church and Robert Nash. Our sound engineer is Ian Benoit. Our theme song is Silver Skies by Geome. Follow us on Twitter at Parent Podcast or on Instagram at The Parent Podcast. You can email us with questions or topics you would like us to cover at parentpodcast at autumnridgechurch.org. For more information on Autumn Ridge Church, please visit autumnridge.church. Thank you for listening.